everyone. Welcome to another episode of Environmental Social Justice. I am your host, Wendy Nystrom. Today's guest is Tracy Gray. Tracy is the managing partner at the 22 Fund, as well as the founder of We Are Enough and lead partner at Portfolio Green and Sustainability Fund. So welcome to the show, Tracy. Thank you so much, Wendy. Thank you. And you know, you and I briefly met at Lacey, which is the Los Angeles Clean Tech Incubator. And I was a little afraid to talk to you. You're, you're a very bright woman. You're very approachable, but you're very, very bright. And you gave an amazing presentation back around 2019 before the whole lockdown happened that stated that 2 to 5% of all VC funding goes to women and even less to women of color. That was alarming to me. But what made it worse is that you said that there's data to prove or supports that women and people of color are more responsible with the VC funding given to them and more likely to return a profit. So this leads back to you starting the 22 fund. Could you explain what that fund does and why you started it? Um, one correction that those data points, it was never 5%. It was always 2%. It's always been 2%, 2. Yeah. It's been 2% for 20 years. And now it actually went down to 1.9%. That's so, upsetting. Yeah. And so when you look at women of color, it's less than 0.1%. And black women, it's 0.006%. So literally a rounding error. But like you said, women and people of color, their, their companies are more successful, have higher yeah. revenues. So it doesn't make sense. And the only way it does make sense is bias. So yeah. Oh, but, absolutely. I mean, yes, yeah. I'll let you continue. <laughs> so the 22 Fund um, is a venture capital fund. And we invest in manufacturing firms, companies, to increase their international sales. And our mission is to create what we call the clean quality jobs of the future in low and moderate income communities. And we invest intentionally in women and people of color only. Um, so the reason we exist is so to all the small businesses out there, you always need capital. And the best type of capital to grow fast and beat your competition is what's called equity capital, meaning you own, you, someone buys a piece of your company. And then okay. you don't have to pay it. It's not debt, so you don't have to service that debt. It's really hard to grow a company when you have to service a big loan. So this yeah. allows you to grow fast and beat your competition. Um, it's, it's riskier for investors than a loan. Um, but the returns are also, you get paid back with those returns. So that's what we do. And the reason we chose manufacturing is because one manufacturing pays on average 88,000 a year in salary. And when you couple with exports or international sales, you make on average 94,000 and are more likely to have healthcare. So that's one reason we chose manufacturing. Also manufacturers, don't get capital because um, if you think about venture capital, they like in capitalists, they like investing in software companies because you can exit, meaning yeah. you your money out in three years. But with hardware and manufacturing, you've got a hard product. It's more capital intensive and it takes a little longer, but the, it pays dividends to the investor, to the community, to the employee if, it, if this company, if manufacturing grows. And also companies that sell internationally. So these are companies that are located in the United States. They sell internationally. They are more successful and more resilient. So during the, la the re 
Great Recession, the companies that made it out of that are the ones that are selling internationally. And the reason for that is because they're diversified. So we're a consumer-based economy. We sell to each other. But when we have a recession, we don't have money. No one to sell to. But if we were in multiple markets around the world, when we have a downturn, it is very rare that every market in the world has a downturn. So you always have someplace else to sell. So that's why we do what we do. Um, Also, uh, companies that export create jobs faster. And because manufacturing is in has to be, they need cheap land and cheap real estate, it is more likely in low and moderate income communities. So what we'd like to say is that our investment strategy of investing in manufacturing to increase export capacity causes our mission. We only invest in clean tech, climate tech, or sustainable companies, and we don't um, invest in anything extractive. Ah, that's important. So people, they're like extractive, like mining pulling things out of the earth, things that can be harmful and damaging. So, and that's actually very important. I love the fact you do focus on underserved communities because a lot of people do overlook that and the necessity to focus on those people there to give them the equal chance, fair chance, equitable chance. Well, it's not just about equity, honestly. It's about the people around the world who are experiencing the climate disaster the most are the people at these frontline communities these low or moderate income communities. So not they're experiencing the, the disaster the most. They also can come up with the solutions because they know what needs. They're very close to the problem. That means they can be very close to the solution. Instead of someone who's in some you know, high income community parachuting in and telling people in low, moderate income communities what they need. Yeah. They know what they need. And in general, we're finding women and people of color are way more innovative in what they're coming up with. And a lot of times, especially women, they are more likely to start social impact businesses. So, you know, the way the world is going, we should be investing in women and people of color because we are trying to solve problems other than meta or crypto or things that really (laughs) don't, I mean, I hate to say it, really don't move the world forward in a way that is needed. No, and, and you and I, we, we agree on that because, I mean, a lot of, and I'm kind of jumping ahead of my notes is... Um, I do that to people. I make them get off their notes. <laughs> and so I'm going to scrap the notes. When you talked about the fun things, everyone wants to invest in those fun companies. And we saw that disaster happen with the young man in Bermuda, uh, uh, sorry, the Bahamas, yep. who lost, you know, a couple hundred billion dollars because they were having fun. Mm-hmm. And that was invested. It's like, why do we keep repeating these same errors over and over and over again? When we have individuals that take this money seriously, that take it as their own personal money and want to do a profit, make a return, build it, make it better, and focusing on social impact, because that is the only thing that's going to save us from this climate disaster we're seeing. We have to make change. Yeah. The problem is the financial system is most, the all assets around the world, 97, 97.3% are controlled by white men and usually older white men. They created a system that has made them wealthy hand over foot. They're not incentivized to change. Yes. Which is why, and what I like to tell people is, uh, a friend of mine has said this, the financial system is not about money. It's about power. Yeah. Now, 
not to be stereotypical, but many times men choose power over and women choose power with. Yeah. And that is what we need to see now. We need more women and people of color in power in the financial system so they collaborate and work to change it so that everybody wins. Everyone gets high returns, communities are healthy, employees have good working situation. There's no reason why capital can't be used for good. And which is why we also call ourselves holistic investors because many, time, in, many times impact investors, which is where we sit in impact investing, that's really where climate and everything is. Um, they're very siloed. So yes. they, address, they address climate, they address economic development, communities, or they address race, or they address gender. With our strategy, we, invest, we address all of it. We won't make an investment without looking at climate, race, gender, and economic mobility and economic development. So we're a holistic investor because women and people of color were hit with all the different disasters at one time. So why are we choosing to solve them? You know, we hit with everything at one time, but we're choosing to solve one at a time. Yeah. And we're no, not, we don't have time for that right now. No, we are, we are running short on time. And also, I mean, when you talk about everything at once, it cannot be siloed. Many corporations, when they approach their sustainability goals or their climate goals, they'll have like individual silos of departments. And I always tell them, you've got to have somebody that can talk to every single department equally because it, it is all horizontal instead of yeah. vertical. Yeah. You, ha you have to be able to talk to every single group. If you can't do that, you won't be able to get the proper data, the proper input, and then the proper outcome. It just won't happen. And one of the going back to um, sort of the people that constantly get invested in, you know, certain individuals have been running the world repeatedly. You did trigger a memory ahead of an article I read where about 10 years ago in England, they had 10 boys, 10 years old, 10 girls, 10 years old, and they were both put into a house and they were given a cooking lesson. They were given, you know, that you're going to live here for a week, supervised, but, you know, they're going to see what happens. The boys trashed the place food on the walls, just ate snacks all day and just went mayhem. The girls had sit down dinners. Someone was assigned to cook. Someone was assigned to clean up after everybody. Someone was assigned to tidy up. Someone was assigned to do homework. And they created a community. And they said, yes, there was bickering, but they resolved their bickering in about, in about a day. And the boys just went feral. <laughs> and I'm not... And no one paid attention to this study. I mean, they say that women shouldn't be in power. It's like, we figure stuff out. Whose study was that? I'd love to see that study. I'll have to dig it up for you. Yeah, it, was some, yeah. it was done in 2011, I think, or 2012. And I thought, this is only coming across my radar now. Because it says everything <laughs> yeah. about what we're in right now. Oh, it does. It does. And, you know, it, it's also when you talked about, you know, historically, the people in power. We need to start building generational wealth for everyone. And that has been a problem for the you know, past hundred years is, you know, we've dealt with redlining, we've dealt with discrimination, we have dealt with people being held, holding people back simply because they weren't able to go to a certain college. Mm -hmm. And I've met brilliant people that never went to college. And I've met some not so brilliant people who did. Who went to college? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and entrepreneurship, the reason I chose this as a career is, um, I feel like I can have the greatest amount of impact with capital and helping entrepreneurs because before 
to grow generational wealth, it was through your home in the 50s. But women and people of color were redlined out, as you said. So if you weren't married to a white guy, you weren't getting the house. And now it's been that redlining has been happening around capital, too, except it redlines around race yeah. and gender. Right. But entrepreneurship is how you can really build wealth. And um, even manufacturing jobs help build wealth. One data point from manu why manufacturing is so important um, and why one to our economy and to the climate. Back in the 50s, 60s, when manufacturing companies allowed women and people of color onto the floor, the manufacturing floor with white men, white men left because yeah. they didn't want to be with us. And they went to the suburbs and looked for jobs on the suburbs. So manufacturing followed them out to the suburbs. And from that movement of manufacturing to the suburbs, we saw a 12% increase in general in the wealth gap between black men and white men, 12% just from manufacturing moving. Wow. And so now we're seeing from the Biden administration and really every administration, they try to put money into manufacturing. They bring it up, they talk about it, and they did never do it. Biden has done it. And we all figured out how important manufacturing was because during the pandemic, we were like, we need this stuff. We can't get this stuff. And then after the pandemic, we need this stuff. We can't get this stuff because it's not built here. Yep. Enough of it isn't built here. And we want to invest in companies so they build here and they our supply chain is, is protected. And also all the climate solutions are hardware mainly. It's not a lot of software. They're either software with hardware or hardware by itself. We have to have capital into these companies. And all yeah. the innovation is happening in these earlier companies, not just changing, <coughs> changing oil gas industry or the other industries. Today, Exxon said they're moving their targets to when they're gonna be, not Exxon, BP from 2020, from 2025 to 2040, because this last year they made the most profit they've ever made. So they're like, I'm not giving that up. It's a drug no. for them. They're not yeah. giving it up. So we're trying to change these big companies, but really we need to invest in the smaller companies that are bringing the, the future to the economy and to and, the yeah. climate. And there, there are so many, I mean, I, I speak to a lot of inventors and entrepreneurs. There are so many brilliant ideas out there. There really are. Um, I mean, one woman comes to mind who she basically, it's, it's more of a communications company she started. And she went to a VC. She decided to fund herself, but she did a, approach a VC company. And, and she was basically, she had a product. She had staff. She had profit. She showed it all. And they said, no, we're not interested. The dudes behind her had an idea, party scene, going to be super fun. They got 15 million. They blew it. It happens really? over and it, it happens over and over again. Even when they, I mean, look at the guy who started WeWork. He literally lost them tens of billions of dollars. And then the same venture capitalist, white man who invested in him for WeWork, gave him another $450 million to start a new company. $450 million is more than black women have gotten in capital period. Yeah, and it's all going into one man. Who failed who failed already. And they're yeah. like, oh, but he's cool. Let's give him more and see what he's doing. Because, because there's too much money out there and not enough white men to put it in. 
So they've got to put, it's just sitting there and they're like, oh, but we can't put it in. Why would we put it in women and people of color? Let's put it in more. There's only, let's put in more white guys. So that's what's happening. There's plenty of money for everybody, but there's not enough white men to keep investing in only. And that's why we have you because you're going to fix it. (laughs) (laughs) So that, I mean, that is, so how do we change this? How do we get more people like you involved in, and only investing in women, people of color, you know, indigenous people. I mean, everyone seems to forget indigenous people. They were here first. They should be getting fair trade. Well, that's, I mean, BIPOC. And when we say people of color, we include black indigenous people of color. Um, that's what BIPOC means. And matter of fact, one of my manufacturing is ripe to put on indigenous lands. There's lots of land and, but I don't, I'm trying, I've been talking to people about how can we do that? Like, how can we move manufacturing there? Cause that those communities are just stuck with casinos and those aren't high paying jobs. Um, and they're not owned by entrepreneurs and, you know, it's one big company. So I think there's a way for manufacturing is ripe for that. Um, the way, w- the way we need to change it is at the top. So I, I, if I don't know if you remember, they called um, Reagan, Reaganomics was called trick, trickle-down economics, right? That the wealthy would trickle down to the poor. So you have to help the wealthy. That has never worked. It has never, ever, ever worked. And they keep going back to it, and it's never worked. But the way it could work is more women and people of color as the owners of assets. Because if more women and people of color owners of assets, then it trickles down to funds by people of color because we have a network that includes women and people of color and then that more money going to women and people of color fund managers trickles down to women and people of color entrepreneurs that's the only way that's going to happen we need more diversity controlling the capital at the top yes oh that that is the perfect answer actually um before I let you go, because I know you're super busy, and I have my dog trying to break out of my bedroom door right oh, now. He's, no, he's a barker. He's, yeah, he's, you know, oh, he's okay. He just, he's so needy. It's He's such a needy I, little baby. I want a dog so badly, but I travel so much that every time someone mentions a dog, I'm like, I have to see it. Oh, oh yeah. No, he's upstairs. I could let him I down can. if you want. I can go get him. I would like to see him. <laughs> I'll run quick, but before I let okay. you go. Thank you so much for the work that you are doing and helping everybody. How can people find you? Because invest in what you're doing. Help people, you know, be the best they can. Do the right thing. Well, um, LinkedIn is probably best to uh, reach out to me there. Um, I semi-answer. I do answer it at least once or twice a week. Um, but that's the best way because email is just too much. It's too much. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I would like to end. I... Uh, that's around women, since you started about a, a data point around women. I posted this on LinkedIn today, and um, it just really kind of blew me away, and I really like it. So I'm going to end with that. Um, so this, this reporter on NPR was retiring, and the host asked him, he said, John, you've covered so much around the world from Central America, Iraq, and Afghanistan. And I wonder if you take any particular lessons from a lot of those difficult experiences. So John Burnett, the the reporter said, you know, 
It has been a long career, Scott, and I've thought about this a lot. If I could wave my magic wand and make one simple change in the world, I would elect more women leaders. There's, yes. too, there's too much testosterone in the positions of power. They get us in these foolish, macho, prideful, unnecessary conflicts over and over and over. That is brilliant. I will, I, I'm not even gonna say anything beyond that. That is perfect. Tracy, thank you so much for your time today. Thank, thank you. you for what you do with the 22 Fund. I'm Wendy Nystrom with Environmental Social Justice. Guys, check her out. You're changing the world. You are. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. We will see you next time, guys. Have a great day. Bye.